Welcome to the Christian Caffeine Podcast. Did you know there are over 31,000 verses in the Bible? That totals over 727,000 words. Now that's in the NIV Bible. We need to be specific because no two translations would have the same word count. But whatever. My point here is the Bible is a big book, to put it mildly. It's pretty easy to see why the idea of living out a core message carved from the pages of scripture could be seen as a complicated, almost monumental task. Thankfully, the writers of the Word of God were kind enough to tackle this very issue within its pages, so we have a recurring theme throughout both the Old and the New Testaments of scholars and holy people attempting to boil down the complexity of the text into something altogether more manageable. Probably the first example of this would be the Ten Commandments. Uh, They've been understood by many to be an attempt to condense down hundreds of commands within the Old Testament into more kind of manageable morality. Now, at the time of writing, the faithful of the day, the Israelites, really were, well, not really, they actually were factually still under the law, and as such, all of the commandments regarding the sacrificial system and to atone for sin, etc., were still in effect. The Ten Commandments represent a moral code, a way of living and being in the world aside from these rigid codes of practices. Many Christians will tell you that the Ten Commandments represents how we are called to live today as Christians. While following these rules does present what would appear to be a functioning Christian life, I think it's really important to note that this understanding of Scripture falls far short of doing justice to the Christian message. While following the Ten Commandments will result in a Christian appearance, it doesn't actually create a Christian life. There are literally hundreds of commands within the first five books of the Bible. Uh, This is where you read the commands as varied as don't eat shellfish uh, and not to wear garments made of two different types of cloth. Uh, Living in accordance with this volume of rules and regulations would surely be no mean feat. I mean, I know that I, for one, am grateful that that part of understanding what it means to be a Christian is knowing that that's not how we're called to live. That as Christians, we're called to walk not in the law, but in a new way. Now, for many, that that will be in itself a contentious issue. So I kind of feel obliged to reinforce my point with some kind of scriptural references. So uh, Romans 10.4 states, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. That's a compelling statement regarding the relevancy of the law for followers of Jesus. Christ is the end of the law. Galatians 3, starting at verses 23 and 24, say, Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. Now, I'm sure you saw that. The law was our guardian until Christ came. And guess what? Christ has come. These are strong words confirming the idea that the law is not specifically to be followed by Christians anymore. But there's another one off the top of my head, uh, Ephesians 
2.5 said, By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself, that's Jesus, one new man in place of the two, so making peace. By now I'm sure that you're getting the point. In this verse, it's clear that he, Jesus, abolished the law of commandments that he might create in himself. These passages all point to us not having to follow the Old Testament commandments, but rather to follow Christ. So whilst obedience in the Ten Commandments might give us something that looks like a Christian life, such a way of being in the world demonstrates an almost complete misunderstanding of the reason for Jesus and the work of the cross. Thankfully, Jesus himself steps into this issue. That's good news for Christians. Uh, Jesus gives us two instructions to live by, which he describes as being uh, what the Old Testament commands. Hang on. Most Christians will know what he said. Uh, We tend to refer to it as the golden rule. He said in Matthew 22, Love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. Now I know what you're thinking. This makes it perfectly clear, right? Two commandments, that's easy. Love your God, love your neighbour, job done. Well, sort of. It does open up some interesting questions like, who is my neighbour, which Jesus tackles in the parable of the Good Samaritan, which you can read for yourself in Luke um, chapter 10. Um, uh, But if you notice actually from that verse in Matthew, there is one maybe intentional cryptic point within the answer. Uh, Jesus gives, uh, in Matthew 22, he says, he says that the second most important commandment is like it, as in is like the first. So the first commandment is to love God. The second commandment is like it, to love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus states that there's a link, some kind of relationship, between loving God and loving other people. You would be forgiven, especially in today's church and Christian environment, for thinking that the two commandments were entirely separate. So it's perhaps a good thing to remember that Jesus, that is God in human form, wants you to know that there is at the very least a link between the two. This link gets more interesting when we look at what Paul has to say about the greatest commandment. In Galatians 5.14 Paul says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. Notice that Paul sums up the most important commandment is love your neighbour as yourself. Whereas Jesus noted the two commandments, to love God and to love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus, as I've already said, was clear that these two seemingly separate commands were intimately linked. In essence, Jesus stated that loving God is similar to loving others as yourself. There would be some who would tell you that this is a clear error within scripture that Paul and Jesus cannot even agree on what is the greatest commandment. However, as far as I can see, and the best reading I can find of this, is that they seem to agree entirely. Paul says, love your neighbour. Jesus says, love God, which is like loving your neighbour. So, I mean, I don't know if you see that. To love God is to love your neighbours. It's like it. 
That's what Jesus was meaning when he said the second commandment is like it. After all, it's such a vague request, isn't it? To love God. I mean, what would that actually even look like in a practical application sense? You know, Jesus tells us, he illustrates his point by stating a second commandment, which he wasn't asked for. He added that himself, which he even states is like the first. You express your love for God, which is the greatest commandment, by expressing love for your neighbour as yourself. So, the 31,000 plus verses and the 727,000 plus words can be condensed down into a single phrase for Christians everywhere to live by. Love your neighbour as yourself. When we do this, we express our love for God, and expressing our love for God is exactly what Jesus wants us to do. In the same in the same way that the sacrifice Jesus made for us was unwarranted based on our behaviour, we didn't deserve it, so too the love we are to show others is not based on their behaviour, but rather based on our relationship with our God. In a very real sense, loving other people who by definition do not deserve that love is an act of worship to God. It is the calling of every Christian. It's not It's not one of the callings of every Christian. It is the only specific calling of every Christian. Everything else is, well, something else. But the Christian life, the true Christian life is to love others as an act of worship to God. The extent to which we show genuine love and compassion towards others is the extent to which we love our God. As I said, everything else is something else. That's not to say that other things are not important. They may well be, but they are at best secondary to this central Christian command to love others as much as we love ourselves. So as a parting question, I want to just put this to you, uh, and I put this to myself as well, 